0: Welcome back to System Ministrivia, the podcast where we talk about things that we kind of talked about before, but it's different. This is Brent. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Peyton. Now, tonight we have, we've got a, a bunch of news articles. We usually have like half the number we do tonight. Well, there's been a lot of news, to be honest with you. Right. Well, I long. mean, yeah, and it's it's great because the the last two or three episodes, it was pretty slow going with the news. We didn't really have all that much. Yeah, we kind of had to struggle through it. But I'm glad things are... are <laughs> I'm glad big things are happening. Not all of them are good things. In fact, I would say most of these are, are not good things, but it's at least news, so... It gets us content. j did you figure out what you were going to do for this episode? What do you mean, what I'm going to do? Well, last episode you had the VPN noise that you were so excited about. Mm-hmm. Guys, I kid you not, he's been talking about the VPN noise ever since we released.
1: The
2: VPN noise.
1: I
0: forgot about it noise. until the release happened, so
1: yeah, I'm excited. So you're saying you would have been more vocal about it if you noise. remember? sweet noise, it should go viral. When you connect to your fucking VPN, that noise should play, and if it doesn't, then your VPN's broke. Ooh. I'm going to make it your
0: ringtone on my phone. That's fine, I don't call you <laughs> Unless we're at hope, I guess. Oh my god.
2: We're just gonna we're just gonna play that over him talking.
1: <laughs> well,
0: uh, replace like all of his voice with just a like a loop of that. You can replace my I'm Jonathan with it. I don't care.
2: <laughs> no, we're just gonna replace all every time you we talk. We're just gonna
1: replace it with beep boop boop beep boop beep, beep. You didn't make it right.
2: I wasn't trying to make it right. I was trying to say <laughs> that we replace you with something very poorly done. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, buddy? <laughs> It's been a long-ass week.
0: It has been a long week. And it's only Wednesday. This is not good. But hey! I I wish I mentioned earlier, but PumpCon is this weekend. Yeah! Uh, I may not be there. Yeah, and by the time we release this, it'll it'll have already happened. But yeah, so PumpCon! (laughs) I'm excited about that. What else? Besides... Philly, the first ever, is coming up in the first week of December, but tickets are already sold out, so I hope you got your hands on one, or know someone who has extra, like I do, I don't have extra, I, I know someone who does, so. so I lucked out there, but yeah, I don't know. Anybody else have anything to talk about before we get into the news? Not too much. I can definitely agree with the sentiment that it's
1: been a long ass week so far. Yeah. yeah it's just definitely just, yeah. been. People are asking all kinds been. of wonky ass questions this week. Jathan.
0: What? When are we doing the uh, the shit show? For season one, yeah, Jaython. Uh, I'm doing go a shit shit.
1: show. I don't know. We'll announce it next next episode. Okay.
0: Are you gonna work on it? Yeah, I'm I gonna work know. on. I
2: don't it. know if I like that or not. I don't care how you feel.
1: Your
0: feelings I, I are fucking irrelevant, Peyton. I don't know if I
2: like that or not. I think you should. I think you okay,
1: should. Okay, then on you're it not right invited. Now. Peyton oh, won't no. be at the shit that's, show. Yeah, that's nice. Oh my god. Come that's, on, that's, come that's, on. That's I don't. No,
0: no, no. You. I don't think you can do that because number one, I'm the host. Yeah. Number two. Yeah. Plus, I'm better than he's a co-host, so you don't really have. Yeah. I think he should probably be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he can, I if mean, he's available, we've already named the event after him. So what? Shit show? Yep,
1: that's Peyton. One big shit show. <laughs> no we called it shit show because it was so unorganized last year it's gonna be disorganized this year too i yeah uh, i mean that's how we roll though i'm pretty much okay well if you're if you're listening to this episode and you have interest in attending our end of season bash aptly named the shit show it is purely a virtual bash (laughs) in that you know we don't all get together physically though some of you probably could make that happen we should but what i want to say yeah Fuck off. Yeah. You should get out of here, Jayton. Come oh my on. my god. Alright, I'm finishing my fucking sentence.
2: Okay, finish your sentence.
1: How do you guys feel about doing a Friday night instead of a, a Wednesday No,
2: I don't want to do that. I'm gonna do a Wednesday night.
0: You actually wanna do a Wednesday?
2: Yeah, I want to do a Wednesday.
0: Well, last year we did it. I forget when we did it, but we had well, we had to people do it in the. Twice, so there's that. Well, yeah, but last year we did it in the we did it at, at night, and the people from the UK were already asleep, so they couldn't yeah, join us. Yeah. So maybe a time earlier in the day. I don't mm. know what day that would be. That would have to be a weekend
1: then, because I don't have vacation time to take off of work to record a podcast. Do it at work.
0: No, that's yeah, an even worse
1: idea. Do it at work. You should do it at work. Because I'm planning to be extremely fucking drunk for the shit show.
0: You should do it at work. Well, I mean, explain to your boss, be like, look.
1: I can try this is what's going on
0: if I have a date soon enough. To, well, to do that's it. so we'll talk about you. It. You wanted to take control of it. So I'm putting it all in your hands. In any so case, you come up with a date. If, but yes. if
1: you'd like to attend the shit show, if you could tweet at us, DM us, message us on Facebook, join our IRC channel and tell us how you feel. If there's like a night of the week that works best for you, assuming it has to happen during the week, let us know what that might be. Mm. And what time?
0: And what time? UTC only, please. Or with your time zone. Or that I can. We know how to yeah. convert.
1: Give us
2: your time zone. We can figure it out from there. Jathan obviously can't, but you know, hey, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll figure it out from there, guys.
1: What are y'all drinking?
2: I got Heineken. What do you got, Jathan?
1: Uh, I'm drinking rum and coke tonight.
2: Where's the Where's the rum from? The store and. Would you say that the rum is gone?
1: It is not gone, and it's just Bacardi. Okay. okay.
2: Oh, well, that's good rum. That's good rum.
1: Yeah, I
0: actually don't mind Bacardi. You can You long. can't do wrong there. Hmm. I haven't had Heineken in a while, mm, and really? I kind of miss it. Really? For like a cheap everyman's kind of beer, it's not bad. No, it's it's actually uh it's actually not bad. Right. I've actually never had a Heineken. Oh gosh, Jathan, you need to. Have <sighs> I'll get some next time I'm out. Anyways, Reason, I'm using seven thousand six
2: hundred fifty-five, which Ethan needs to come drinking with us when he comes out here. <laughs> okay
0: Seriously, I uh, I am drinking Knob Creek again. Knob Creek because it's all I have, and I keep forgetting to get out and buy beer or something. But, anyways, anyways, yeah, Payton, why don't you uh, why don't you take us right into the news? Oh, golly, okay, all right. Well, this is Payton
2: with the news. Okay, so let's see now. We've got a British court extradited an anonymous hacker, the government of the United States of America requesting judicial authority versus Laurie Love, requested person. So they uh, they actually extradited this uh, lovely person. Alex. to the Southern District of New York, District of New Jersey, and the Eastern District of Virginia, no less. So that's kind of odd. I know we've got extradition treaties with certain countries, but, uh, oh, it's Mr. Mr. Love. It's Mr. Love. Wow, that's an interesting name. Lori is there. Wow. Lori Love? Lori is a man's name in this case. How dare oh, yeah. I assume his gender? <laughs> Shit, uh, lord. shit lord. Let's see now. There were some things given over. It was prosecuted okay. Yeah. So anyway, government of the United states is not required by operation Act of the extra snack of two thousand three to adduce a prima facie case and it's not for okay. So there that happened. GlobalSign error caused a widespread internet issue. This is a big deal. GlobalSign, while the root CAs globally, has inadvertently redevoked its intermediate certificates while updating a special cross-certificate. This smashed the chain of trust and ultimately nullified site's SSL TLS certificates. So that's fantastic. That's amazing. Good job there, GlobalSign. paraform the makers of CCleaner, have just informed their users that their product key was only valid for a year, despite... Having, users having a key for years. So this is a bit like Microsoft saying that the uh, Windows license is, you know, is no one void now uh, that you bought in 2000 for your XP machine. There's a new Locky ransomware variant. It's called Thor. They're getting strange emails. One says but it's a budget forecast. It has an attachment budget underscore XLS underscore number string and a budget forecast identified as an Outlook item, which is a JS file. I would assume it's JavaScript. There is, we've got a link for you about this on Tripwire.com. The remedial strategy was to block inbound out. outbound emails that contain that that header. There's no known decryptor for those files of the Thor variant. There is a new root for Android phones, but it's not an on-purpose deal. It's a Linux escalation bug. This is considered to be the most serious Linux escalation bug ever. It's a new rooting technique. It works against every version. So this would be good if your bootloader is locked. You can go ahead and get this, and then you can have root on your phone. Or. <laughs> or. It's called Dirty Cow. Uh, one of my coworkers said it should be called, should have been called Mad Cow, but,
0: you know. I, uh... That joke is so nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Early two thousands, yeah. There's a
2: video showing the researcher using the app to root his Android-powered HTC phone which is connected via USB cable. After he runs Moo, it runs sudo and then ID commands and it's it's, uh, it's rooted at that point. There is an active 4G LTE vulnerability that allows hackers to eavesdrop on conversations, read text, and track your smartphone location. There's a lovely little thing here. A Chinese researcher has found this and he's demonstrated it quite capably. It's uh, looks like, uh, well, I mean, there, it's a little alarmist. It's saying that your stuff no, is not secure over LTE or anything like that. And I mean, realistically, you shouldn't be having, uh, you know certain conversations what is it ever yeah right you shouldn't be having you know secure conversations over that kind of you know
0: I mean stingrays are a thing yeah right exactly MZ catchers and all that yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah so dine has a statement on the ddos from 1021 they are saying uh, let's see now for May, reference
0: this is October 26th that we're recording yeah, on this is so. October 26th
2: so at uh, seven. AM Eastern Time, Dyne began experiencing a DDoS attack. It's not uncommon for that to happen, but it was different this time. Two hours later, the NOC team was able to mitigate the attack and restore service to customers. So it's not like it was an unusual thing, but it was much more distributed. It looks like they are thanking the internet community for showing their support. And this, I like this, uh, I like this, what they did here, because it means that they, you know, are not trying to hide behind, you know, mm-hmm. hide yeah, it's, it or whatever.
0: It's not often you see that level of transparency. Yeah, with- right. People. Yeah. Yeah, So kudos to them.
2: Yeah. Right. Exactly. So there's a there was a new vulnerability at Virgin Media. This gentleman was looking for jobs at Virgin Media, and he was filling out an application form online, and he was given the, op- given the option to see his uploaded CV. Well, what happened was quite surprising. The URL revealed a directory where his CV was stored, and when he opened it, he was able to see all past and present CVs. That was That's broken. That's severely broken. You shouldn't be able to see stuff like that, regardless.
0: Well, on one hand, I'm like, they're CVs, so they're meant to be publicly viewed. On the sure. other hand on the other hand and this is the the important thing and I think it outweighs the other aspect of this what if your boss checks that list your current boss and you're looking for a new job right so you can leave the job you're at you lose a lot of negotiation power with that for sure for sure
2: so, he did tweet on it. This violates the Data Protection Act of 1998. He that tweeted too. about it to the Virgin Media Twitter account, and they didn't reply. Or re- reply. The pro, uh, Pro-Trump Super PAC publishes donor credit card numbers. So, this is a good one. The Great America PAC on Thursday night, armonic, that's Thursday of whatever last Thursday was, Erroneously published their credit card numbers and expiration dates belonging to 49 donors. A Center for Public Integrity Review of its latest Federal Election Commission campaign finance disclosure discovered. So, so, let's see, it comes one month after the Super PAC, which aims to help grow the burgeoning movement behind Donald Trump and merge the grassroots with the business community, revealed that. Oh, and the cell phone numbers and email addresses of 336 of its donors. So, good job there. The treasurer is Dan Backer, and he said the culprit is an isolated software glitch. Yeah. Sure, it is. Yeah. So another little bit of news, if you had a Note 7, don't take it on an airplane. It's a federal crime. Offenders are subject to civil penalties of up to $180,000 for each violation. Now, from what I understand, there have been kiosks set up by Samsung to trade in your your Note 7 in the terminal if you need to. This is a big deal. Obviously, you're aware that the Note 7 likes to Explode. explode while you're charging it.
0: Which is Well, not, not explode, but well, it, catch it fire. It catches fire. Which, in a compressed oxygen environment, is a very dangerous thing. Right. Yeah. So.
2: yeah, yeah. It drops its mixtape, and you know, you're ready to rock and roll. <laughs> right. <laughs> see now now we we (laughs) i'm sorry man i couldn't help it so we record we reported on a a news article of researchers using lab equipment to monitor someone typing and then they could guess the password of the person typing with we've also fairly sophisticated equipment in a lab go ahead
0: well i'm going to point out that we have in the past also pointed out that it is now that attack that acoustic keylogger if you search our notes you'll find the phrase acoustic keylogger and mm-hmm. that's where we report it that's we also reported on that being able to be done with much more consumer end hardware as well sure. but this is this is new yeah. to my knowledge
2: this is this is new now and i was reading a little bit about the article and i was reading the article a little bit too because it was interesting to me because we had talked about this but uh using using skype people can eavesdrop over your conversation and guess your passwords now You might be thinking, okay, it's like 15-20% maybe, right? No, no, no. If you have some knowledge of the victim's typing style, i.e. one finger or, you know, home row or whatever, the attacker attains a top 5 accuracy of 91.7% in guessing a random key pressed by the victim. The accuracy still is at a 41.89% if the attacker is oblivious to both the typing style and the keyboard. Let me repeat that. The accuracy is still at 41.89% regardless of knowing typing style or keyboard. So if you're on a Skype call with China and you're typing in the password to your email, maybe don't do that. Yeah. What a racist and
0: fuck. Or uh, vary your normal typing pattern and uh, sure use Dvorak. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> honestly that would defeat so much of this though uh, all these well,
1: acoustic i never really attacks? thought about that as a means for circumventing yes, that's
2: true that's yeah. true Did you use
1: dvorak no actually i've never tried it i
2: have never tried it either i've heard that
1: it's, we like, really we easy to use, but... talked about it in season zero yeah i know we and... talked about it and i i actually at one day at work i found a couple keyboards and i was like oh i'm gonna take one of these apart and rearrange the keys and turns out that they like taper the keys differently on some keyboards so yeah. like, i couldn't yeah, take there's... like the middle row keycaps and put them on the top so i was You
2: you, you didn't know that there's, yeah, they have different, they have a different R level.
1: Not every keyboard is like that, though.
2: Most decent keyboards are. Okay. Unless they're... This was,
1: like, literally a fucking weird chiclet keyboard from, like, HP or Dell.
0: Oh, well, that's
2: your your first problem right there.
0: Yeah, chiclets are a pain in the ass, but...
2: Use a mechanical like everyone else, and you'll be fine.
0: Okay? I I do, personally. I wasn't going to rip my keyboard
1: apart. No, you don't. All right, We're hey. just gonna Dvorak hardware keyboard. Yeah, I just gonna, just get to yeah,
2: yeah. Why not just do that? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. What
1: the <laughs> hell? What the hell? <sighs>
0: <clears throat> Moving on. Yeah. So on Moving to the discussion so then. That's the. Anyways, so onward to discussion. On to discussion. We've got. Two main topics tonight. First is to basically how to decide if you should roll your own solution or go with an outside solution.
1: And that's sort of a continuation on something that came up last episode.
0: We'll we'll get to that when we talk about the topic. And then there's also dealing with the hit by the bus clause, where you are suddenly made avail- unavailable. How do you deal with that? Uh, so your the company you work for doesn't go under because it's the responsible thing to do, whether you hate the company or not. All right. So eval review mm-hmm. Jathan. What topic were you talking about from the last episode? <laughs> last episode,
1: we were talking about VMware, I think, was what started it. We were talking about virtual machines and whether or not you should basically go with something like VMware or roll your own using, like, LibVirt and KVM or what, whatever. Are you sure we did that in
0: episode? I'm, I'm almost positive that was in the IRC channel. No, I'm pretty sure it was somewhere in the episode, but...
1: I'm pretty sure you're wrong, but... Well, all right. I could be wrong. We were talking about it last week, but... I was mistaken once, but I was wrong.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure it was in the our private host channel but sure all
1: right in any case if that's the case i'm sorry i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about so that's old news though we knew that anyway so basically we were talking about um that mm-hmm. and i had said that like no it, it was when we were talking about vpns because i was talking about basically going with a solution from like cisco versus open vpn on your own mm. but in any case i was saying and i'm pretty sure again in last episode i haven't listened to the full thing yet that
0: well i'll i'll grab the logs and and i'll see if it's an irc but yeah, yeah that the you know,
1: Basically, the premise was if if somebody asked me if I could run a VPN server for like, you know, 50 to 100 people with open VPN, I'd be pretty comfortable doing that. But mm-hmm. if they turned around and asked me if I could manage a uh, virtual machine infrastructure for 50 to 100 VMs, and I know that's not comparable to 50 to 100 people or whatever, but I don't think I would be as confident. And for me, that stems purely from experience. Like I've been using open VPN for God, like at least six or eight S- years now.
0: Since I have. Yeah. (laughs)
1: It's been a long time. I first used it when I had Tectonic, and that was when you worked there. So, Mm -hmm. you know, so part of it is experience, but also part of it is like, what are the consequences of it going down? So, I don't know how it is where you guys are at or whatever, but for us, A lot of our virtual machines are front-facing web systems. Our instance of GitLab, our building website, our organization website, our internal documentation, our external documentation, all those things live on VMs for pretty good reason, I would argue. But at the same time, you know, they're living on a single it's not a single piece of hardware it's a high availability cluster but it's living on a single in a single rack basically so if it goes down because of how many systems are sharing this hardware it's very high impact in that way so i posed the question last episode basically that sparked this discussion topic of when do you choose to roll your own versus you know buying a solution or renting a solution or paying for some kind of support for a solution and what goes into making that kind of decision basically mm-hmm. so well what, what i'll say is like what we try to do where I work primarily, not not for everything, but primarily, is choose solutions that are open source but have enterprise components or support available. So, for example, we use Puppet, right? Yeah. We don't pay for Puppet Enterprise, but there is a certain level of consulting that we could get if we contacted Puppet Enterprise because we use Puppet open source. And I actually don't know if that's still the case, but it used to be. You know, same thing sort of with GitLab. We're using GitLab right now. We don't have a lot of users. If we ever got to a point where we had to migrate off of our own hardware or something, GitLab has an enterprise solution available that we could pretty easily switch over to. So having that option is sort of... Nice. I don't even really want to say nice. I struggle with this kind of thing because I don't make these types of decisions. And for me, like, I'd rather be using, like, Gito Lite, basically. But what do mm-hmm. I know? I'm also more of a do-it-yourself kind of guy in general. And I know that's a little bit more difficult when you're dealing with a business or something that's very professional. But I feel like there's a lot of things that people just choose not to take on because it would be harder, but not necessarily the worst thing in the world. And, you know, if you can save a substantial amount of money in a year by learning something new, I think that's at least worth exploring as a potential option. I don't think you should just write it off because like, oh, well, that's hard. Meh. Okay, that's great.
0: It's hard. i don't know i i haven't given this a whole lot of thought, so i apologize my thoughts aren't that cohesive about it but i would say first you need to you to define the scope right and in a system administrator system engineer role outside of security like pen testing you know actual implementation production scope is where is it being used Uh, jathan mentioned you know internal documentation things like that there's infrastructure there's internal resources external resources and highly visible and i think in this case i define highly visible as things that people who aren't even customers yet or clients (laughs) yet will see so you've got basically four tiers you could probably break it down more than that you know you've got like billing department and all that for uh internal resources and stuff like that but as far as like availability and scope and such i think that works so i would say you need to first prioritize those scopes i would put i would probably put external resources for like already existing clients and stuff i would put that number one because they're already paying customers right behind that though right behind that is the highly visible stuff so like people who aren't even clients yet because it's at the end of the day i like i understand i'm not a businessy kind of type person if you've been listening to us long enough, you'll definitely understand that. But at the same time, I understand that a business needs an inflow of money to stay open, and I like getting paychecks. So yeah, I think we can all agree with that. So that has to be right behind there. I would say right behind that, though, is infrastructure, and that's your actual services. So in my case, I work for a VPN proxy provider. Our internal resources, or our external resource, rather, would be the client portal and the support panel and things like that. The infrastructure would be like our, our nodes, our VPN and proxy nodes. Mm-hmm. And then last, but certainly not unimportant, would be internal resources. And this will actually tie in later to the hit by bus clause, but you need to make sure you have internal documentation, staff email, internal communication lines, things like that. You need to keep those up and running. I would say all four are very important. There's no reason to slack off. But if you need to prioritize, if it comes like nose to the grinder kind of a thing, that's the priority I would put them in. That being said, sorry for the buildup. You know, I had to establish that groundwork. All that being said, it's... I would not say it's so much about what open source projects have enterprise support available. I would say how easy it is to get support, period. So depending on the size of your team and how much you can afford to implement things on your own, you know, roll your own, versus like a turnkey thing. Typically, you're able to find consultants and freelancers who are able to configure, fix, so on so forth, modify, if it's open source, mm-hmm. these components. You don't necessarily need to do that for enterprise. And often enterprise support will just get you working with their model. They're not necessarily going to be willing to tweak their product to fit your needs, which a, a freelancer or a consultant would definitely be able to do provided it's open source again yeah so i think open source is is a clear winner and i i will admit i'm kind of biased just because i have Tried to work with closed source slash proprietary systems, and it's it's nine times out of ten, it's a pain in the ass, and it's not something fun to deal with, especially when it breaks. But I don't want to discount enterprise support either. Like Red Hat has decent support. What were you What were you talking about, Jaython? What did you mention specifically?
1: I had talked about VMs, like libvirt versus VMware, basically, and also VPN solutions. VPN solutions, which for right, you right, is right. a no brainer, because why the fuck would you pay for Cisco shit
0: when you? <sighs> When, when we when we offer it as a service and i'm, right. I'm basically the vpn engineer yeah <laughs> what about like if you were well hold on i want to i want to talk about that so what you may not be aware of is red hat if you have a red hat license will also offer Libvirt d support because it's bundled into red hat it's it's part of their offering i you think might need... that it's an
1: extension on the normal license
0: it is it is but it's available okay yeah yeah, so I think it's important to note that. Now, that being said, what were you, you were you were saying about VPN?
1: Well, no, I mean, mostly I was thinking that even if you didn't work like at Foxy Proxy, you could pretty much work anywhere. And if they were like, "Oh, we need a VPN solution," I don't think you would hesitate to step up and be like,
0: "Oh, I can implement OpenVPN for us." Mm-hmm. And OpenVPN does have a commercial version as well, OpenVPN AS. Right. I do have experience with that as well. I don't like it quite as much for mainly one reason, and that's the way it's installed. The open source community version you can install it through your your distros package manager it installs very cleanly everything's in slash etsy it's a very clean install openvpn as however installs to slash opt or slash user local you know however you install third-party things and it's all self-contained some may see that as a good thing some may see it as a bad thing i cannot stand it it drives me nuts it just feels so dirty to implement things like that
1: yeah you know how i feel about that as well
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, it does have nice additions. It's got a web GUI. It's got predefined hooks to hook into your existing authentication scheme. The open source slash community version does support that as well, but you kind of need to cook that up on your own.
1: Or find somebody
0: online who's sharing their config. Sure, exactly. Or find someone who wrote a plugin. OpenVPN supports plugins. you got some options, but... You know, with, with the AS solution, you also, and I think you were starting to touch upon this, Jathan, but you never really dove into it. And this is probably the biggest strength I see enterprise having or corporate proprietary, whatever. You have someone you can call in the middle of the night, assuming, you know, your, your That's service support plan supports it but you have someone you can call in the middle of the night saying look your product is down and at that point it's out of your hands right some of them are so good i think who was it like ibm ibm business class i think had a part out for someone in like 12 hours
2: uh i can beat that
0: <laughs> was that you that was talking about that yeah i we've
2: ordered parts and had them there in, in four
0: four that's right that's yeah, what man. i was thinking of yeah, yeah four hours that's astounding that's great you would never be able to do that if you rolled your own unless you kept you know spares on hand
2: but keeping spares on hand is you know it's hard i mean it's
0: hard to do you don't have a warehouse you know mm-hmm. i mean you, you don't just, have it's hard to find the space for them it's hard to find yeah, the funding for them
1: hardware that's that's different
0: no it's not really all that different though not
1: not not really no I, when it comes I down mean, to I the guess, wire i guess if i were going to do something comparable or talk about something comparable i'd have to talk about my storage situation i mean our storage is pretty much in-house
0: yeah but do you have someone you can call like in the middle of the night and be like look this disk died we need a replacement disk and have it be there in 4 hours no right. okay yeah, and that's t- and that's what i'm getting but at but hard drives are you a can lot do the same than- no 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 you can do the same thing with software with enterprise companies you can say look the db your your database has crashed we can't access it what's going on and they'll have someone you know remote in or or whatever and take a look and usually provided they're a decent company it'll be like within the hour you don't get to have that luxury with roll your own you know so I still I I completely agree with what you're saying but I still don't think
1: that we really I mean you hinted at like the different levels of visibility and Mm -hmm. you know sort of demand but if you're the person that's really trying to make this call like how do you ever come to a real conclusion about which which is right I'd well, it's say that
2: it's the cost it's the cost of of implementing it versus the cost of maintaining it and so, versus
1: the cost of. So let me let me use. I'm going to stick with VMware. I have no okay. idea what we pay personally where I work for VMware in a year. Too much. Probably too much. Right yeah. Now. I'm going to assume, and again, I seriously have no idea. Yeah, it's a it's a lot. For that VMware. it's like ten to twenty thousand dollars a year. It could be more than that for all I know. Okay. 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 But let's just say it's twenty thousand dollars at the high end of things. Don't you think that it would be worth paying to send somebody to get like you know Red Hat certified to manage KVM or or Vert D or whatever the fuck, and, you know, it would still cost less than $20,000, and even if you gave them, like, a five dollars to $10,000 pay increase to say, okay, you're now responsible 24-7 for the VM infrastructure, isn't that a better use of your money because it's ongoing?
0: Well, <sighs> See, there's
1: there's the the issue, right? Why is it an issue, though? I mean, I'm I'm seriously asking because I don't have any perspective on this. I don't I mean, if somebody were like, hey, if we could give you ten thousand dollars a year more, would you be willing to learn all about this product and support it for us? I'd be like, hell yeah, I'll do that for ten thousand dollars a year, because not only am I learning something in the process that they're paying for and taking Mm -hmm. on more responsibility. But I mean. It's a resume builder. It's it's job security in a sense.
0: It's and it's, it's a more lot of liability things. on your hands.
2: Yeah, that's it's a lot more. It's a lot more liability on your hands.
0: Absolutely. So that's and that's the other benefit. And I hate to sound like I'm some lazy fuck because I'm not. But at the end of the day, it's nice having a provider where you can just hand it off to, and not worry about it. I mean,
2: it. I'll tell you right now, it's it's really nice being able to call up, you know, HP or IBM and saying, hey, this shit's fucked. We need somebody out here, like, right now. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to worry about, is the guy that knows what to do, is he sick? Is he, is he you know, is he busy doing something else? You know, we've got a guy who can come out who doesn't charge us anything because we, we've already paid for the, the year for it. Mm-hmm. And he comes out and he he replaces the part or, or you know... I mean, obviously the, the local stuff d- databases and whatnot, we handle that. But you know, if it's a if it's a hardware part, I mean, come on, man. You know, I don't I don't want to dick around with that and keep that in a storage closet somewhere. It's impossible to do.
0: Yeah. And and like we, we are going back to, to hardware. And like Jason said, it's yeah. not apples to apples. Sure. But it's like apples to grapples. It's close enough. Yeah. And for those who aren't aware a, a grapple is an apple that has been uh, genetically engineered to taste like a grape. That's of weird. It's they're delicious. How do you, they're how delicious. Do you, how do you find that? Just
1: go to the store, man. Like, yeah, everyone has them
0: now. They're pretty common. They're They're usually small. And super yummy anyways yeah so the i'm kind of i don't know i'm kind of stuck on it myself it's hard to to say when that is going to be the right thing to do this would be a good question for our friend matt i think i think it's a good question for twitter
1: yeah well if you're listening to this give us your feedback i'd love to hear but also yeah twitter would be
0: yeah i'll I'll, I'll tweet about it and and see if we get any feedback as well and 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 we can put it in the the show notes notes. yeah (laughs) that being said though we've said a lot about it we kind of i know i'm i'm guilty of this I tend to fall prey to the non invented here thing or NIH syndrome or whatever you want to call it, where you, what? NIMBY,
2: so to speak, not in my backyard kind of thing. Uh,
0: uh, No. No, I think that's something slightly different, but sure. it's a base similar basic concept where you have such an established DIY culture in your company that you are hesitant to use anything that's already been developed before right. elsewhere. But there is an inverse of that as well, where you just don't trust your engineers writing part of your infrastructure. You want to you want to have it entirely outside managed. So so there's there's two extremes, and I think it's, it'd be good to avoid both extremes.
1: So if you're like a small business and you're just starting up, I could see two different perspectives on this. And I'm not really asking a question here so much as just saying like this sort of popped into my head. I could see that, you know, up front, you might not have the experience to do it all yourself. And you might not have, you know, if you're just starting a business, you've got enough on your plate. You might not have the time, even if you have the capability. So is it better to pay for services and and stuff up front? and then over time start to develop your own solutions in house so that you can stop paying those ongoing costs or does it go the other way because you're a new business you don't have a lot of money so you start doing your own your own thing you develop your own solutions and over time you start paying for what you believe to be better and therefore start focusing on other things i would say or is it a mix neither. of the two in in either
0: case i would say neither i think it would be wise instead to scale your implementation cost based on your expected flow of money coming in. The the thing with both of those is if you d- roll your own from the get-go, you're you're subject to not invented here, right? Which can be a problem. But if you're open and you remain open to the idea of enterprise software, commercial proprietary enterprise software, because there's plenty of open source uh, software that's commercial and enterprise i think as long as you remain open to that option once you have the funding for it that's fine on the inverse of that however if you go proprietary from the get-go it can potentially and most likely if we're being honest be immensely hard to switch over to a roll your own after that because at some point you're going to run into an issue where you need to import data from your pro- proprietary system into the open system and yeah. that's not an easy thing to do most of the time so you end up hiring like a data entry clerk or something and and starting a whole project of converting this data over to the new system and it takes years and it's a mess and yeah it's it's generally not worth it i would i would start with roll your own if you decide you want that as part of your infrastructure okay yeah is that and, and does that answer your question
1: yeah i mean more so it wasn't necessarily to be a question it was mm. just sort of an interesting thing, I guess.
0: Yeah. I, I think I think it's important to to watch out on both ends for not invented here and also overglorifying commercial software. Right. Overglorifying the proprietary model. Let's let's be real. Open source started as an alternative to proprietary commercial enterprise software. Right. That's, that's where its, its roots are. So, it's definitely capable, and a lot of people still write fantas, I, I mean, like, what was my sequel, and, and now, continued in the vein of MariaDB entirely open source but pretty enterprise software like you can do some pretty astounding things with it Uh and it's supported in so many places and I can guarantee you there's there's a method to import a MySQL based DB whether it be MySQL D or MariaDB I guarantee there's a way to import that into a proprietary database like I don't know throw one at me Uh, Oracle DB we'll go with that. Yeah, I guarantee there's a way to import MySQL into Oracle. I've never used Oracle DB, and I don't have any plans to or desire to. But you know, the the option exists. It's it's much easier to go from open source to proprietary than the other way around. I would say. I don't I really have anything else to talk about it. Yeah. What?
2: I can, I can agree with that. I mean, you know, I, I have this discussion at work all the time. It's
0: it's you know. Would you? I think I know with whom. Yeah. Well.
2: It's, it's it's in the room it's not just you know one individual and and i mean they say you know why would you use uh, open source software if there's a if there's a closed source software or proprietary software is better mm. and i mean the argument for me is not really what's better it's what's what's easier for me to use, you know? Mm -hmm. Would I rather spend $900 on Photoshop or get GIMP? You know, I mean, the the choice there is is really simple. I'll get GIMP, Mm
0: -hmm. you know? Because number one, you're not a graphic designer by trade. Number two, you weren't trained on either of them. Well, I've,
2: I've, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the whole Yeah, point. you haven't gone to
0: school for, like, four years right, specifically yeah. using Photoshop. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I mean... No, I, I see what you're saying, though. I see what you're saying.
2: And I'm definitely, you know, not like, you know, and I hate to, I hate to name drop here, but I'm not like Stallman where I'm going to walk into a place and say, you know, I won't use a computer unless it has all open source software. Did you, I did mean, you I, say
0: Stallman or Stalin? Stallman. I meant, because sometimes the difference is kind of hard to find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. RMS. You I mean RMS. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Richard M. Stallman.
2: Yeah, RMS. Royal Mail Ship Stallman himself, yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, my my point is, you know, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to be like, I have to have open source software or else. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you break it down to brass tacks... Exchange and Outlook is, well, Outlook is is actually a really, really, really good email client. It handles so much. It does so much. What's the next comparable thing to it? Thunderbird? I mean, realistically, I, I don't know. I mean, if you're going to deploy like, and I'm kind of going off on a tangent
0: here a
1: little bit. but I'd say yeah, Evolution. I, Outlook
0: is fucking garbage. What the hell are you saying? I'd say Evolution might be closer to Outlook in terms of GTA. layout. and Really? But yeah. Yeah. <sighs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't stand Outlook, man. Sorry. Well, that's that's okay. You don't have to like Outlook. I
0: I he's stuck using it, but
2: Yeah, I'm stuck using it. I, you know, I I can't deviate from Outlook at at my on my work computer. Mm. But at home, I certainly use Thunderbird or a Free Client if I, you know, I've the choice. Yeah. But I mean, my, my point is, you know, I mean, there's some good, there's good proprietary stuff out there, and there's good freeware out there. You know, use what you feel like is available. I definitely, you know, agree with a lot of the points that you brought up, Brent. Mm. I mean, use what's, uh, use what you can.
0: You know. Yeah, yeah. I think that that really kind of boils onto it. And like, don't get us wrong. Like, we are. I think all three of us are definitely open source advocates. We're not rabid about it by any means, but we do use support like open source software in our daily lives this entire podcast is produced on open source software and we're yeah. proud of that and really i'd say that we all have jobs because of it at the moment yeah sure yeah i mean yeah. Uh, we're all linux admins and engineers so absolutely absolutely yeah i mean it, it it does some great things for tech and i think it would be foolish to not give credence to those great things yeah sure
2: yeah but, yeah, yeah. I- yeah, I could agree with that. I mean, there there are good things that can come from open source software. I mean, look, we're we're using something that was inherently open source. You know, mm-hmm. it's not the it's not the terrible thing that people think it is, and it's not the best thing in the world either. I mean, it's mm-hmm. you know, uh, there are obviously issues with using open source software, but that's I think that's outside the scope of
0: yeah. I, I would say it's it. nothing really related to whether it's right. quote yeah. unquote enterprise ready or not. It's it's more yeah. so well, sure. I'd say a lot lot of it's just how you deal with everyday occurrences of things going down and things like that you know like like what we've talked about earlier this episode it's all on what kind of i guess if you i guess if you prefer to deal with a vendor or deal with a consultant is what it comes down to when 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 the shit hits the fan sure yeah well and uh,
2: well you know we've we've got an individual on rc who talks about the the issue that he's got and he's dealing with a a vendor and he's having a lot of problems with that yeah you know it's like still to this day he's having problems with it and it's
0: and there are some bad consultants out there so it's it's a lot of personal preference again and and what your company's culture is and and so on and so forth so if you use proprietary don't feel like you need to make the switch to open source if what you're using now works for you vice versa if you're using open source now don't feel like you need to switch to proprietary for something that in hopes of filling a hole that you don't have. Yeah. Yeah. So it all it all comes down to what works and I encourage you to to try and evaluate multiple solutions for the the same thing you're trying to accomplish. Right. And and just pick whatever whatever fits in the best. So, yeah, I would say that's really all I have on it. That's a, I think that's a good closing statement from me. Do any any of you have any other final thoughts on that? No,
1: I think it's pretty safe to move on. Yeah. yeah that's good. yeah, yeah.
0: That's good cuz we're 48 minutes in. <laughs> so, this is this is a topic that I I think a lot about because maybe I'm just a morbid person, <laughs> I don't know. If you haven't heard it yet, the phrase hit by a bus or hit by a bus clause or so on and so forth, it refers to what someone of high knowledge value in a high speciality in a company what steps should be taken if that person becomes unavailable for an extended amount of time either through death like being hit by a bus hence the name it's not just extended that's forever right (laughs) well that forever is still extended Jathan. let's it just is limitless right i guess okay yeah (laughs) moving on or maternity leave or or paternity leave sure yeah, any sort of extended absence or just general unavailability. If, if you're a consultant, you know, you yeah. don't want that... that- have the client be begging you non-stop afterwards after a gig is, is complete. So many different instances where, where the hit by a bus clause comes into play. But I, I'm interested in talking about how we deal with it. How do we make sure a company can survive in our absence? you guys okay. have any ideas? Well, well I, I, I'm curious to hear what oh, you said. Go
1: ahead, j Well, I was going to say, for me, I'm one of those people who, not everything I do, but a lot of the projects that I get involved with, I sort of seclude myself in that project. You know, like, mm-hmm. okay, if I get a monitoring email that something crashed or whatever, that's one thing. But, you know, I'm kind of one of those people who, especially something that I'm enjoying or I'm really interested in, if I start working on a project, I am going to go down the rabbit hole of that project, whatever that may be, until it's done, to my liking, satisfaction, best of my ability, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. In that process, I will fully admit that I do not document my steps or <laughs> or configurations as much as I should. Mm-hmm. So I'm one of those people who tends to finish something and then go back and document it, which doesn't
0: always make the best documentation, admittedly. Mm-hmm. But but it, it, at the end of the time, it, it tends to ironically make a better product. So, yes, I would The agree documentation's, with that. yeah, you got to choose between the quality of the end product versus the quality of the documentation, sure. But all that to really say, documentation's extremely
1: important. But mm-hmm. if I could change my ways, and I've been trying to get better about it, especially if it's a project that, you know, they would want it to go on, even if you did get hit by a bus, it's kind of important to document not only where you've been, but where you're going and, and document as you go,
0: by all means, if you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah so that's that's one thing i will grant is i i hate using it i hate it but we use jira at work oh really i didn't know that yeah so i i absolutely hate it but at the same time i recognize how important it is because it makes my task tasks visible to the rest of my team and other people who might join my team in my absence and i say team but it's like me and one other guy so I was going to say, we're, uh, we're the two guys who have the golden the keys, so I'm not going to say who that is, but yeah, it's, you know, we're a small group at that point. But the important part is that it provides a mechanism of publicly, not not like wide open public necessarily, but oh, uh, so other people can know what you are working on, what you plan on working on, what you need to work on, what you need to finish, what due dates there are, things like that. So the, the where you're going part is an important part that I hadn't really thought about because... I mean, it's implemented for us, but I haven't really given it much thought, but it's it's absolutely correct. You do need to let others know in some method where you're going, where you plan on taking a project. As far as the where you've been, I would say that in my instance, it's not as important because we have change management. And we've got a golden config. So it's not so much the amount of research that went into, say, finding the perfect IPsec configuration or the one we implement or what what have you. It's more so the end product. Because, again, since we use open source software, a lot of it's just you can look at the config and see what might be off from the standard configuration. And, yeah, you still need to document, like, tips and tricks, mostly, in my sort of position. You need to document config files saying why things are set what they do but a lot of that's also available in upstream documentation you know so a lot of it i think i would think that's the biggest trick and i we we really lucked out because these are two two topics that play really well into each other
1: it's true yeah
0: with open source the nice thing is it's a lot of it is self-documenting in the sense that you you can look at a man page and just do a search for a particular directive and see what that directive does and see what possible values it can take and things like that that's true i guess for me i think more about like
1: our puppet server for example which is completely anybody who listens to us long term knows that, you know, I will bitch and moan about Puppet, but I (laughs) I do do. I really love our implementation of Puppet. Not the old one, Mm. but the new server that I implemented about a year ago now. You know, I've got some really interesting logic by Puppet standards, I would say Mm. inside some of our modules and manifests. And, you know, the fact that we have a single YAML file with every user account on all of our systems managed from a single file is pretty Mm. remarkable. It's not something that everybody would think to do, especially in the Way that i did it and admittedly for somebody especially who doesn't know the puppet language and i do say at this point that puppet is really a language all by itself mm-hmm. they would look at that and they'd be like what the fuck is going on here and i don't blame them i mean if one of you looked at some of my c you might feel that way not only because you don't know c plus but just because
0: you know Python... i can usually read it and get an idea of what's going on but you right i've seen the way you script bash for instance and you do some interesting things
1: exactly but you know just logically everybody thinks differently About the right way to go about something. And that's kind of the beauty of programming in general. There are different ways to do things. And in some cases, one provides a clear advantage from an efficiency standpoint or something like that. But in some cases, that's not always trade off to. yeah, Yeah, exactly. Right. So, you know, Puppet is one thing that if I left and, you know, there's some things that they'd be fine going on without me, so to speak. There's other things that I know over time they could figure it out. But up front, it would not be apparent if they had to make a change to, like, the core functionality of, for example, our user and group management in Puppet. Mm -hmm. Or GitLab (laughs) or, yeah. Yeah, GitLab. I just
0: yum installed that shit, so... (laughs) well no you configured it too you set up user accounts and so on and so forth
1: yeah it's it's ldap integrated at this point
0: right but my 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 point is it's documented in the config they can see where it looks to for authentication yes Yes. absolutely so were they to need to were they would they need to roll a replacement or add to it as like a second node or what have you they would know how to do that in your absence That's that's where I'm getting out. Yes, arguably. And, yeah.
1: you know, I don't want to push us through this topic, but certainly something like passwords we keep in a secure fashion in a central place. So
0: mm-hmm. and there are a couple options. I tried. What was it called? Voltier. Yeah. Voltier. And you didn't have a good, good time i didn't have a good time mostly because i was trying on arch they recommend debian i did file a bug i haven't heard back
1: yet i think have you spun up a vm to try it
0: not yet i plan on it i was hoping to use it for the podcast it's a really really enterprise level nice it's open source too. sort of password sharing tool i mean it's got like a web gui it's got a command line uh, interface it's it they did a good job now if only it worked (laughs) in arch i'd be happy but it's it's using some older software and it's it's pinned to certain versions and it doesn't play nicely but you know they recommend debian and i'm sure it works fine on on centos on older release software so i'm gonna spin up a vm actually give it an honest shot and try it out but yeah we we currently use our own rolled Roll your own sort of password management for shared for things that need shared passwords and it's it works okay it works pretty decently for for what we need it for but it, it'd be nice to make it a little bit more accessible and with things like better acl and things like that yeah so that's why i was looking at vaultier i'm a big pass, fan of
1: pass with git integration
0: yeah pass with git integration so passes encrypts the passwords using gpg and you can add multiple recipient That's keys. Yeah, you can add multiple recipient keys. So it's really nice in that sense where it's a very simple implementation. You know, it's command line only, but it's got a very clean implementation. It's all very easily munged, I guess. You can access the raw data. It's not like in a, a <laughs> binary, well, it is binary, but. It's a, a literal GPG encrypted file and you can, you know, GPD dash dash decrypt that file and it's a plain text file. Right. I would recommend not leaving that around or checking that into Git, but you can do it as the point. So if, you know, Git is down or pass isn't installed, but GPG is, you know, you, you've got options to access that that data. So that's very handy. And since it's GPG, you know, it allows for multiple recipients. It doesn't really, it gets clumsy with that though, I would say. It's not as clean as it could be. Well, it becomes a huge pain in the ass
1: when you have to add a new person because you have to exchange keys with so many people, potentially. Mm -hmm.
0: But... Nah, we only. And then have... you also have to re-encrypt every single password.
1: Well, when you do, uh, you just basically run pass in it again, and it
0: redoes that for you. It doesn't wipe out the existing passwords? Nope, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's mm. interesting.
1: Interesting. I wrote up a sweet guide about it. I should send it to you. Yeah, you
0: yeah. Should. We'll uh, we'll post it on the new site whenever we get that up. So as a guide, if you're okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Cool. I can see that being very handy. So if you're like a pretty small shop, it's it's a great solution, as provided that you have people who. Are okay with using the command line which is why i was looking at vaultier
1: well yeah actually though there are graphical clients for pass as well really yeah for linux for mac and for windows even can you get me links to those yeah i, so I can put them in i haven't tried any of them full disclosure yeah, neither have i obviously, but my coworkers <laughs> they all use a graphical i'm the only one that's you know <laughs> still typing away
0: oh that's awesome yeah
1: okay yeah get me i will get you the names of the ones they use specifically but i think actually on the pass website whatever the hell it's called they actually provide a list at this point i think,
0: I think it's passwordstore.org yeah, maybe i'll check we'll that. put it in the show notes of course but and we've talked about it many times before at least three times before but yeah cool so i'll, I'll put that in the show notes it's very nice yeah so you've got you've got like password sharing and then there's key sharing. That gets trickier because those are typically binary files. And even like SSH private keys, they're still binary, but they're encoded in base64. If you ever open up your own SSH private key, you will notice that it is base64. So you decode that and it becomes a binary file. That's your binary key. Anyways, the it gets a little bit trickier with that. And... Usually the way I get around that is add at least one other person, usually the owner of the business to that's pretty, that's pretty smart. The, yeah, to the the list where that key is being used to the access mechanism. Ideally, it should be everyone who needs access to it, nobody who shouldn't need access to it. But, you know, sometimes that's unavoidable. The other thing is, if if it's like a company get-together and something happens, that information may not be available if, like, the two key players are in the same place at the same time and disaster strikes, you know? Whether that might be hit by a bus and you're both, like, in the same car or something like that.
2: Well, I I have an interesting anecdote, actually, about the hit-by-a-bus clause. Mm-hmm. Um at my previous previous job. I was uh tasked to go down to this uh cleaning agency and they needed someone to do some support for them and they were a mess regardless. But mm-hmm. they told their, their tech who they or their admin who they fired, they said, Look, you know, what happens if you if you die? What happens if you are hit by a bus, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Literally. And they said that. And so yeah. he sat down and he put together this binder that was Host names, IP addresses, passwords, usernames, everything. Mm-hmm. And he left it in in the admin closet. Now, the problem with this was that the closet was open. Like, you could just walk in there. Oh, my gosh. But it was a small company. That it was deal. only... Well, they had other problems. They, they <laughs> right. were using pirated Windows 7 software. and Great. Uh, They had... He would just go out and buy a computer. And so they had Windows Home and Windows Pro. And then oh they gosh. had... There was, it was they wanted to be on a domain, but you know, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it was a mess. But they made him sit down and write this information out, and mm-hmm. I, I really think that you know, if you're the lone guy, yeah, man, you can loan ranger it all you want, but you really should have that information at least available somewhere. It's you know. the responsible and forbid, thing to
1: do. Get a diagram of your network. Oh yeah, please, yeah. I actually uh, just uh, asked with with <laughs>
0: couple with yeah update regular and map output. And I'm talking full port plus protocol support, like with fingerprinting. Do that plus a visual diagram. I know it's a pain in the ass, but you should only need to do it what once uh, once a year, twice a year. Depending on how, of course, that how often that changes, but what have you. Another interesting thing. Well, so, so like writing it down in that binder, for instance, that becomes an issue if you do password rotations. I do them daily. Or if your building burns down. Sure. So then in that case, you want to look into maybe some kind of key escrow system. In that case, you can actually contact an attorney who specializes in this, who who yeah. will ask for you know a death certificate and so on and so forth. Yeah. And upon proof that you are no longer available, he will requisition from storage, usually from a vault or or like a, a safety deposit box or what have you, the necessary information. And that's that's a good idea. Of course, you do run the additional risk of like, how do I really know 100 certain that this person isn't doing something diabolical with it, but They're an attorney. They risk a lot if they do do something diabolical with it. Yeah. So they're pretty trustworthy as much as we hate attorneys and and like to joke about that.
3: Well,
2: uh, in this instance, they are actually the ideal.
0: Yeah. Because you've got that third party handoff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, realistically, if you're going to have part of your disaster recovery should be, you know, hey, if if Joe Blow Tech or admin gets hit by a bus and the whole building burns down the ceo can walk into the attorney's office with the death certificate and say hey here you go can you release the information to me here you go bam you know
0: so and it may not necessarily have to be a death certificate because at the end of the day that access is still the employer sure the employer would just need to the owner of the business or ceo or what have you would just need to provide proof of identification but you know there's multiple ways to do it and you can work it out with your employer and and the escrow agent you know look around and 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 see how you want to do that but it probably is going to be the ideal in this case and you can have like a usb flash drive with your binary keys on there along with written out information like network maps and things like that passwords if they aren't rotated things like that all all can fit very nicely into a safety deposit box that only a a escrow agent has access to and that takes liability off both your hands and your employer's hands so it's a really nice thing to have you know if you have that as an option i would definitely pursue it
2: yeah i I can agree with that um again that should all be part of your disaster recovery really i mean Mm -hmm. so to speak these are of course holy shit moments where you know i mean stuff happens and actually if you want
0: to i just thought about i just thought about this a nice analogy for an escrow agent would be a certificate authority it's a trusted third party that one party has verified who they say they are and the other party is trusting that third party for that information Mm -hmm. to to verify that information i should say so So yeah, it's a a lot like a CA in that aspect, I would say. But yeah, same same basic concept. You've got a third party that you may not necessarily trust, but you're inherently trusting them for the handoff. Sure. Uh, But as we saw earlier with GlobalSign, that's maybe an attorney's probably going to be better bet in this case than a CA. You know what? I wonder if there's any like software escrow services i wonder if iron mountain would do something like that or somebody i mean that that if not that'd be a pretty good business venture the the trick is convincing people they need it no that well partially but more so that you're a trustworthy party yeah i don't know that's that's something i'd like to put some thought into i think but
1: you know the real point is even if you don't have an explicit plan in place which realistically you should have some kind of plan in place Mm -hmm. but you know if you're an admin at a company and you know that there's things that would be invaluable if you were not there you know just just document it just write it down just tell somebody Mm -hmm. that's a responsible thing to do it's not job security to obscure what you're doing or hide it
0: yeah that's a good point i mean
1: people think like oh well if i keep all these these scripts to myself that i use to do this work they can't get rid of me no that's not true somebody else can write it if you did so don't be selfish don't be an asshole just yeah just do the yeah. right thing.
2: I, I, I know that there's a lot of, there's, you know, we're guys. I mean, there are some girls, obviously, in this field. But there's a lot of, you know, I'm a lone wolf. I can do this on my own. I can handle it. No, I mean, you know, what if you don't wake up the next morning? I mean, that's, you know, you really need to consider.
1: Fuck the way we drink on this podcast. I'm surprised. <laughs> any of us are online, but... And a pumpkin. Yeah. Pumpkin's coming up. Really what no, happened is gun, I, got, yeah. I got to the bottom of this Coke and it's like just all rum. <laughs> so, no, it's just i guess rum. i just Great. never mixed it that was probably the yeah issue. that's that's, that's probably why you weren't tasting rum at first I'm then. tasting
0: rum now <laughs> well add add more coke and then stir it but is the rum gone no no actually you guys didn't hear
1: or maybe you did but i actually got up and left and went to get coke from my fridge and came back oh my gosh you left the podcast jaython i left my closet <sighs> for alcohol he hey,
2: he came out of the closet. he came out of the closet. <laughs> he
0: That's right. J came out of I think the closet. It was closet. a drunk Wednesday night in October. <laughs> well with that <laughs> Does anybody else have anything to talk about with uh with hit by a bus clause?
1: I don't think so.
2: I think I think just, you know, make sure that I mean this leads to this this just this proper documentation. Really, I mean if you have proper documentation and you have
0: Record keeping, I would say record
2: keeping yeah. and you and you have the information you need now maintained, then really realistically someone should be able to step in and take over your shoes with some You know, not as much effort as
1: if you didn't have anything. There is Mm. one thing that I I just sort of thought of. There is a point where I think you can take it too far. How do you mean? uh, I mean, and if you're listening, any of my coworkers, specifically those people who hired me, (coughs) I'm not trying to... Talk badly of you. But I do think that there's some people who I work with who are like, well, everyone has to know how to do everything.
0: Yeah, that's different. And I though. think
1: that is taking it too far because realistically, one, it decreases efficiency if you're wasting mm-hmm. wasting time always spreading out the load over everybody. If there's one person not only
0: training, but some people are better at other things than, than other people. That's right. And, and that's fine. And
1: if if you're taking the time to give someone, you know, an hour to do what someone else could do in ten minutes, that's a fucking waste of time. Sure. And it's also yeah. it does guarantee any kind of security so don't don't think that that's a solution
0: yeah I, w- I would i would definitely agree with that now that you've explained it i would i would agree with that yeah it's yeah. definitely yeah at this point i just realized how drunk i am so sorry if that didn't make sense <laughs> no no it, it i think it made good sense and i think it was a good point to keep in mind like everything else you can take it way too far so be wary of that as well yeah i mean jathan yeah oh sorry no no go ahead go ahead i was gonna switch over to the baddies but Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Jathan, are you sober enough to do the baddies? I am always sober enough to do the baddies. That is a lie, but are you sober enough now to do the baddies? I'm always sober enough to do the Pause. baddies. Pause.
1: <laughs> when have I been too drunk to batty
0: I I'm sure it if it hasn't happened it will happen eventually. Uh, it might be tonight. It could be the shit show. Okay. <laughs> okay, go.
1: So uh this baddie brought to you by Brent Teekman on Twitter. We will link to this tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who the fuck you are, Brent, but thanks for this. So the tweet says LOL, the geniuses at DNC realized their emails were hacked, then emailed new passwords to everyone. Hashtag DNC Leak. And below that there is a picture from WikiLeaks that is basically an email from Rachel Palermo and it says it says first of all, subject, Factivist was was hacked. Here is our new password. Importance. Hi. So so here's the whole contents of the email.
0: For every user. Yeah. For a hacked email server. Yeah.
1: Here's our new password. Apparently, yeah, they also use a single password for some stuff. It looks like this was sent out to a group of people, and it's just one password. Hmm. So,
2: yeah, it says it says true regional press. Yeah.
1: So it says here. I guess here, that's
0: one way to share passwords.
1: Yeah. That's, that's better than <sighs> pass. It's easier. So <laughs> No,
0: it's not better than pass. It says
1: here, we have been compromised, but it's all okay. Here is our new password. Ha ha ha! plain text password it will now change every few weeks to prevent future issues so as it is reset i will forward it along rachel (sighs) wow
2: now you have to wonder the conversation that she had with her with her it guy that set the password he said okay you need to make sure this is sent out securely okay all right how should i do that He says, "Well, you could probably email, you know, to one or two
0: people, maybe." She's like, "Oh, okay, all right." Group send. (laughs) Holy crap, dude! I Uh, well, no, from what I from what I saw, the IT was emailing the new passwords.
2: So Rachel Palermo is the IT person,
0: or someone from IT emailed it to her. Yeah, that's 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 my understanding. I get that impression. I'll I'll have to relook at the at the source, but and other articles reporting it but yeah either way you don't do that after an email compromise no no. Y- yeah in no, any case don't. and then announcing in there like
1: oh by the way I'll be changing it every few weeks and I'll forward it along every time
0: yeah yeah
2: if <sighs> It's uh, just, just, just so, like, if I change a password, I, I am the guy with the temporary and I say, okay, you do X, Y, and Z to get a mm-hmm. new one, or I can leave it on their voicemail. But I don't like doing that because then I'm saying it out loud, you know. So, mm-hmm. I, I this is this is, I mean, it's not a bad password really, except for the duplicate H's, there's a lot of capital H's in it,
1: and the you know, part where they email it. But- <laughs> sure, I was yeah.
2: I was glossing over blog. that because anyone listening it's to it's us, a minor detail. It's a minor detail. I do have a
1: question. So, what is the proper way to distribute a password to a client? Is it that you set a temporary password and require them to change it on their first login, or? Well, no. here's
0: here's the thing. It it gets tricky. Patents says hard. Yes, I I know. I heard him. It gets tricky because it, if Brent you want says to do it's it's it, tricky. if you want to do it the right way, it requires some setup ahead of time. Yeah. Ideally, I'm fine with emailing passwords if. They they're gpg encrypted that's fair i'm fine with iming if i know for certain that they're on an ssl connection and and we can trust the ca and things like that Yeah, and
1: ideally you go for something like otr to verify that the person you're actually communicating with is also them Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah yeah so there's there's a lot of beforehand sort of escrow i guess public key escrow and things like that that you need an identity escrow that you need to take into account to do it right i know that's not always an option so when it isn't an option you want to set it to a temporary password ideally if the Backend supports it with an auto expire of like an hour tops, right? And tell them, look, you need to reset this now. It will expire in an hour, and that's the best you can do in that particular instance. Sure,
2: I'd agree with that. I'd agree yeah. with that. I, I definitely like the the password expiring in like an hour or forty five minutes or whatever. Yeah,
0: and in those cases, I. If the soft if the backend doesn't support an auto expiration, I will set a reminder for myself and reset it. Yeah, and not just or, passwords,
1: but whole accounts should expire. If you know that somebody's logging into your system for a six week class or something that you're teaching, make
0: it expire right.
1: during the seventh week or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah I yeah. agree with that completely. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought you meant like for like staff accounts. and I'm like, usually you do that when they're fired or leave. No, 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 no.
1: I mean, if you're making accounts for any purpose for external users or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: I, I can get behind that as well.
2: I still have access. Access to uh, Confluence at a previous employer.
0: <laughs> I think I still have access at a couple of previous employers too, and and I I know I've emailed them about it, and I hesitate to to check again. Yeah, so I guess and there's sometimes other ways around it too. Like when I switched us, when I when I updated our Dovecot config, thankfully I also upgraded the not encryption the the hashing and salting scheme as well so i could just Uh, look in the database and see what's been changed and what hasn't because i set it to automatically use the new one whenever they reset it and then after three days you know i sent a notice look change your password please do it asap i'm going to be locking out accounts that don't do this within three days and then after three days i could just look in the db and with a a simple you know SQL query i could disable accounts that still haven't changed their passwords so so yeah sometimes it, it takes a little bit of extra work but it's it's generally worth it yeah there you go dnc fuck you you get a baddie (laughs) (laughs) oh good luck dnc good luck dnc that's it that's that's our show that That was a a good good one yeah yeah any any closing remarks i love you all i do it for the fans (laughs) yeah jaython jaython is sick so he's not only drinking but he's he's talking for an hour 20 minutes now because he loves you all so much i wish it were mutual but what can you do yeah it's rough life (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, so good.
2: yeah, yeah we yeah, my yeah, cup we'll runneth just, over with love. <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll give you a cup that runneth over. Oh don't no, start that
0: again. No. This has been since Administer via. I'm Brent, I'm Jonathan. I'm Peyton. Zero.